Hey guys, Brandon Julian here. I'm the host of the Update with Brandon Julian podcast. Speaking of podcasts, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And the best part of all of it? It's 100% free, and it's ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by recording this ad. What I personally love about Anchor is that it allows me to record my show from anywhere, whether I'm here in the studio at Kingsboro, or whether I'm on the road reporting from Washington or any other part of the city. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to Anchor FM. Anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Good afternoon from Queensbridge Park in the Hunter's Point section of Queens. On the update this Tuesday, the mayor says that a total of 52 children have been diagnosed with an inflammatory syndrome possibly linked to COVID-19, and another 10 of them are pending. Of the 62 confirmed possible cases, 25 have tested positive for the virus, and another 22 have antibodies. One child has died. We'll have the latest details. Federal officials say that the COVID-19 outbreak has unleashed a wave of fraud. Homeland Security investigations have opened more than 300 cases in recent weeks that include counterfeit products and medicines, as well as fake tests for the virus. The designated hitter debate has raged since 1973, but both leagues could be playing by the same rules this year under a proposal by MLB owners for the virus-delayed season to have the National League use the designated hitter. And in Washington, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has unveiled a more than $3 trillion new coronavirus aid package. It would provide nearly a trillion dollars for states, cities, and tribal governments to avert layoffs, $200 billion in hazard pay for essential workers, and also offer $1,200 in direct cash aid to individuals, and up to $6,000 per household. This is the update Tuesday, May the 12th, 2020. This is the update with Brandon Julian, reporting tonight on the road. And a very pleasant Tuesday to you. Brandon Julian, the host of The Update. Podcast exclusive also on the WKRB Mixcloud channel. Today's road stop is uh, starting our Queens series. 
of Show the Law on the Waterfront. Today we are at Queensbridge Park uh, in the Hunts, uh, in the Hunter's Point section of Queens. Uh, Roosevelt Island is actually right across the water. We were there last week, not too long ago. And uh, this week we have a series of shows along the uh, along the runner along the waterfront. Uh, Rainy Park uh, is uh, tomorrow, which is a little bit further up from where we currently are. Uh, we have a lot of news to get to this Tuesday, and, uh, including the latest coronavirus developments. In the state capital in Albany, the governor has given the green light to several regions of the state that haven't been severely as affected by the outbreak to gradually restart their economies once the New York pause and the stay-at-home order expires on Friday. The Southern Tier, Mohawk Valley, and Finger Lakes have all met the seven benchmarks for opening some business activity, but need to work out some logistical details by the end of the week. And some of the other areas are very close behind. Gears have been turning around upstate uh, in anticipation of the regional reopenings, which were outlined by the governor a week ago. Meanwhile, back here in the city level, the mayor says that a total of 52 children here in the city have been diagnosed with an inflammatory syndrome that's been possibly linked to COVID-19, and another 10 cases are pending. The mayor said today that of the 62 confirmed possible cases, 25 have tested positive for the virus, and another 22 had the antibodies. One child, though, has died. Children elsewhere in the U.S. and Europe have also been hospitalized with the syndrome. And data released today shows that 9 out of 10 people arrested for coronavirus-related offenses here in the city have either been black or Hispanic. As as, uh, Al Sharpton would say, it's another tale of two cities. In Washington, uh, federal officials are saying now that the outbreak has unleashed a wave of fraud. And armed with the Department of Homeland Security, Homeland Security Investigations, they've opened up more than 300 cases in recent weeks that include counterfeit products and medicines, as well as fake tests for the virus. Authorities have also found cases of fraudsters attempting to sell non-existent masks and other protective equipment to hospitals. One case involves a former investment manager in Georgia that was already facing federal charges for an alleged Ponzi scheme that defrauded a thousand investors around the country. Uh, Authorities say that they expect to open more cases in the coming months. Back here in the city, of course in the hard-hit city, the outbreak has taken a particularly heavy toll on the Hispanic communities. That's dramatically clear at two churches, one Lutheran and one Catholic, that serve Hispanic worshippers. Between them, they've lost more than a hundred members of their congregations. The toll is about 40 so far at St. Peter's Lutheran Church in Manhattan, which serves Hispanic immigrants from across the city. It's at least 63, and possibly far higher, and St. Bartholomew Catholic Church in Queens. Uh, Both churches serve many undocumented immigrants who lack access to health care and often live in crowded apartments. In the long, winding 
remaining case of whether the state presidential primary should go forward, a lawyer is now urging a federal appeals court to let the state's presidential primary proceed on June 23rd over the objections of the state. Attorney Jeffrey Curzon filed his arguments late yesterday with the second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. The appeals court is scheduled to hear arguments on Friday before deciding whether to let a lower court ruling stand that required that the presidential primary occur next month. A judge, Annalisa Torres, had ruled that the Democratic members of the state's Board of Elections violated the Constitution when they voted to cancel the presidential primary because of concerns about the virus. Curzon said that withdrawn presidential candidates Andrew Yang and Bernie Sanders have a chance to gain delegates to the August Democratic Convention. And Tina Fey says now that more than $115 million was raised towards supporting New Yorkers that have been impacted by COVID-19 during a virtual telethon. A tearful Fey said thank you Thank you. In reaching the dollar mat as host of the Rise Up New York event last night, the Emmy winning actress, along with other A list celebrities from Barbara Streisand, Jennifer Lopez, and Michael Strahan, asked for donations to help relief and recovery efforts. The one hour benefit was presented by the New York based poverty fighting organization Robin Hood and iHeartMedia. Robin Hood said all the donations will provide support for food, shelter, cash assistance, mental health, legal services, and education. There is other news of this Tuesday to address, and we will address those when the update with Brandon Julian, OTR. Podcast exclusive also on the WKRB Mixcloud channel returns in just 30 seconds. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit ny.gov slash coronavirus. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by New York State and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone. Some of the other news of this Tuesday. The NYPD is saying that a man and a woman were killed and another woman was hospitalized after a shooting at a Staten Island home yesterday and another man was seen leaving the scene was taken into custody for questioning. Police told the SILive.com that the slain woman, 33-year-old Anna D'Souza, is believed to have been pregnant. Her boyfriend, 46-year-old Alafaya Rodriguez, was also killed. Police say that a 45-year-old man was seen leaving the scene and was taken into custody. In Washington, the financial records involving the president are now at issue in the cases that the Supreme Court are hearing in records. But some of the justices are bringing up past presidents. Justice Sonia Sotomayor today told Trump's lawyer that there's a, quote, long history of Congress seeking records and getting them from presidents. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Justice Stephen Breyer have also brought up requests for documents during Watergate and Whitewater. 
Justice Elena Kagan says in the past that Congress and the president have been able to come to agreements. Uh, Trump is fighting, of course, subpoenas by congressional committees and Manhattan prosecutors for tax records. The court is hearing arguments by phone uh, because of the virus. Speaking of those records, uh, the Supreme Court is taking up the president's bid to keep his tax, bank, and financial records private. It's, of course, a major clash over accountability that could affect the 2020 presidential campaign. The justices were hearing arguments by phone today in two cases about subpoenas from congressional committees and the Manhattan District Attorney. The court has been meeting by phone because of the pandemic. And rulings against the president could lead to the campaign season release of personal financial information that Trump has kept shielded from investigators and also the public. We told you yesterday about how we were remembering two of New York's very own. Uh, we learned that up-and-coming rapper Nick Blixey has been shot and killed. Uh, the NYPD says that the 21-year-old was found with gunshot wounds in front of a building in the Prospect Lefferts Garden section of Brooklyn around 9.30 on Sunday night. He was taken to Kings County Hospital where he was pronounced dead. Uh, Blixey was born Nicholas Thompson. His Spotify profile says that he started rapping for fun with his crew, the Blixey crew. But he decided to take it more seriously and pursue a career in hip-hop when fans responded positively to his YouTube videos. Uh, the police have made no arrests in the shooting so far. And we also learned that comedian Jerry Stiller has died at the age of 92. His son, Ben Stiller, said that the actor died of natural causes in a tweet posted early yesterday. Jerry Stiller began his career in the 1950s as the partner of his wife, Anne Miara, and remained popular decades later with his featured roles on Seinfeld and The King of Queens. Uh, Stiller was also a multi-talented performer who appeared in an assortment of movies. He played Walter Matthaus' police sidekick in the thriller The Taking of Pelham 123, and defines his husband Wilbur Turnblad in John Waters' twisted comedy Hairspray. Time for us to step aside for a moment. When we return on the update this Tuesday from Queensbridge Park, uh, we will help you get around with the MTA Essential Service Plan. We're going to talk some sports and talk about how the American League and the National League could be playing by the same rules this year. We'll talk about what happened on this day in history, and then we will talk the latest national news, including how the House Speaker has unveiled a more than $3 trillion new coronavirus aid package, and in it, uh, $1,200 in direct cash to individuals and $6,000, up to $6,000 per household. We will address that and more when the update with Brandon Julian, OTR, podcast exclusive, also on the WKRB Mixcloud channel, returns in just a moment. News for New Yorkers who never stop moving. You're listening to the update with Brandon Julian on 90.3 WKRB. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this. But you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping. Cook. Clean. Be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy. Doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. I know you won't. Because 
That's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. From New York, where kids eat for free, this is the update with Brandon Julian on 90.3 WKRB. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Because the MTA is running an essential service plan for essential employees only, service on most lines will be running nearly every 10 to 30 minutes. Also, there is no scheduled service on the B, Grand Central Shuttle, W, and Z trains. For alternate service, you can use the 7, C, D, J, N, Q, or R trains. With the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. Let us talk some uh, sports uh, on this Tuesday. Down in Louisville in Kentucky, the maker of the Louisville Slugger Bat says it put furloughed employees back on the payroll after receiving a loan from a government program that's aimed at helping small businesses. Hillerite and Bradsby resumed production at its Woodback factory in Louisville yesterday. It came as parts of Kentucky's economy is reopened after weeks of shutdowns because of the outbreak. The company won't disclose the amount of the loan, though, it received under the Paycheck Protection Program. But it says that the cash infusion was instrumental in restoring 171 furloughed employees, or about 90% of its workforce, to the payroll. And of course, the designated hitter debate has raged on since 1973. That's the first time the DH was used by Major League Baseball in a regular season game. But of course, a lot of National League fans can't stand the rule. They say that it takes away from the purity of the sport. Many many American League fans, though, have the opposite view. They say it's better to see top batters hit rather than watch pitchers flail away at the plate. But both leagues could be playing by the same rules this year under a proposal by MLB owners for the virus-delayed season to have the National League use the designated hitter on a full-time basis, just like their American League counterparts. When we return on the update this Tuesday from Queensbridge Park, we will address what happened on this day in history. And then we will talk the latest national news, including how Nebraska, in other news, they're holding the nation's first in-person primaries since a heavily criticized election in Wisconsin five weeks ago in the middle of the pandemic. We will address that and more when the update with Brandon Julian, OTR, podcast exclusive also on the WKRB Mixcloud channel, returns in just a moment. Keep it tuned in to WKRB. The update returns in a moment. 
Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. <gasps> what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. This forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Plant puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. From New York City, doing business in the same location since 1904, this is The Update with Brandon Julian on 90.3 WKRB. Welcome back uh, to The Update with Brandon Julian. Podcast exclusive also on the WKRB Mixed Club channel today. We're starting our Queens series of shows. Today we are at Queensbridge Park along the East River in the Hunts Point section of Queens Roosevelt Island. United, see the United Nations. I can even see one world trade uh, from all the way down here. Yes, it's one of those scenic views, and we're definitely going to enjoy the Queen series of shows. It's a Queen series of shows, then Brooklyn, and then Staten Island. Oh, I'm going to love the Staten Island series of shows, because that's always their wifey territory. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Anyway, let's talk about what happened on this day in history for this May the 12th. The highlight of his day came in 2002 when Jimmy Carter arrived in Cuba, becoming the first U.S. president in or out of office to visit since the 1959 revolution to put Fidel Castro in power. In 1780, during the Revolutionary War, the besieged city of Charleston, South Carolina, surrendered to British forces. In 1922, a 20-ton meteor crashed near Blackstone, Virginia. In 1937, Britain's King George VI was crowned at Westminster Abbey. Uh, His wife, Elizabeth, was crowned as Queen Consort. In 1943, during World War II, Axis forces in North Africa surrendered. Uh, Also, the two-week Trident Conference, handed by President Franklin D. Roosevelt and British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, opened in Washington. In 1949, the Soviet Union lifted the Berlin blockade, uh, which the Western powers had succeeded in circumventing with their Berlin airlift. In 1955, Manhattan's last elevated rail line, the 3rd Avenue EL, ceased operation. In 1958, the United States and Canada signed an agreement to create the North American Air Defense Command, uh, later, of course, known as the North American Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD. In 1970, the Senate voted unanimously to confirm Harry A. Blackman a Supreme Court Justice. In 1982, in Fatima, Portugal, securities overpowered a Spanish priest armed with a bayonet who attacked Pope John Paul II. Uh, in 2008, the Pope's longtime private security revealed that the pontiff was slightly wounded in the assault. In 2001, singer Perry Como died in Jupiter Inlet Colony in Florida at the age of 88. In 2008, a devastating 7.9 magnitude earthquake in China's Xi'an province left more than 87,000 people dead or missing. 
And in 2009, five Miami men were convicted in a plot to blow off FBI buildings in Chicago's Sears Tower. One man, though, was acquitted. Also suspected Nazi death camp, jo- uh, Nazi death camp guard John Demjanchuk was deported from the United States to Ger- from the United States to Germany. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> When we return on the update this Tuesday from Queensbridge Park, we will address the latest national news, including how even as the president is urging people to get back to work and reopening the economy, there's a new analysis from the Associated Press that shows thousands of people are getting sick from COVID-19 while they're on the job. We'll address that and more when the update with Brandon Julian OTR, podcast exclusive also on the WKRB Mixed Cloud channel, returns in just a moment. News for New Yorkers who never stop moving. You're listening to The Update with Brandon Julian on 90.3 WKRB. What can I possibly do to make this stressful time a little better? Here's one thing I found. It's a small thing, a simple thing, a remarkable thing. Smile. You can share a smile from more than six feet apart. You can share it socially with the whole world. In fact, right now, I'm smiling at you. And I hope you're smiling back. Because smiling is in you. From PassItOn.com Now's the time to stay apart. Social distancing. But I'm adding something else. Pull together. What's pulling together while we're staying apart? It's calling family to check in on them. It's waving to your neighbor. It's the things we should have been doing all along. And when this tragedy passes and we're able to come together, we'll be stronger than ever because we've already pulled together. Stay apart. Pull together. Pass it on. From PassItOn.com. Listen to us on Mixcloud to learn more about the stories that matter to you. And did you miss out on any episode of The Update? Listen to us anytime at Mixcloud.com slash the WKRB Update. talk the latest national news uh, on this Tuesday. We begin in Washington, where House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has unveiled a more than $3 trillion new coronavirus aid package. It will provide nearly a trillion dollars for states, cities, and tribal governments to avert layoffs, and another $200 billion in hazard pay for essential workers. And it would also offer $1,200 in direct cash aid to individuals, up to $6,000 per household. There would also be $75 billion more for virus testing. A House vote is expected on Friday. But the Senate's Republican leader is cautioning his colleagues not to go so fast. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says that there is no, quote, urgency to act immediately. Out in the heartland of America, in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, they're holding, in other news, the nation's first in-person primary since a heavily criticized election in Wisconsin five weeks ago in the middle of the pandemic. 
Uh, polling places in Omaha are in the Omaha area largely appeared quiet today, in part because election officials have repeatedly urged voters to cast early mail-in ballots. And despite that, Republican Governor Pete Ricketts and Secretary of State Bob Envin both pledged to forge ahead with an in-person primary, even though many other states have rescheduled theirs or switched to all-mail voting. Uh, Rickard says that members of the Nebraska National Guard will provide on-call help at short-staff polling sites in eight counties, including the Omaha and Lincoln areas. Back here in New York, even as the president is urging people to get back to work and reopen the economy, there's a new analysis from the Associated Press that just thousands of people are getting sick from COVID-19 while they're on the job. That surge of infections in food processing plants, as well as at construction sites and elsewhere, underscores the high stakes for communities as they gradually loosen restrictions on business. Even as the White House is proven vulnerable with positive tests for one of President Trump's valets and Vice President Mike Pence's press secretary. Uh, the 15 countries with the highest per capita rates for new inf- of new infections, most are homes to meatpacking and poultry processing plants. And finally, uh, the Democrats are moving, uh, are making the new moves toward a virtual presidential nominating convention this August. Party officials are preparing to grant convention organizers in Milwaukee the authority to design a convention that won't require delegates to attend in person. The Influential Rules and Bylaws panel will start the process today with a resolution that grants, quote, maximum flexibility to the convention organizing committee to set up a gathering that, quote, guarantees every delegate can accomplish their official business without putting their own health at risk. The resolution underscores how much the pandemic has upended the 2020 presidential election and also, of course, every aspect of American life. Our thought for today is from Johann Caspar Lavater, a Swiss theologian, born in 1741 and died in 1801. Our thought for today is, mistrust the man who finds everything good, the man who finds everything evil, and still more, the man who is indifferent to everything. I'll let you guys ponder on that, as we say, in the words of Walter Cronkite. That is the way it is. Tuesday, May the 12th, 2020. That is the update on this Tuesday from Queensbridge Park in the Hunts Point section of Queens. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you joining us. And in the words of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hoping that your news is good news, I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. Be well. And I'll see you a little bit further north from here at Rainy Park tomorrow. <laughs>